0: They asked me to preach after that, so, uh, man, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, we have the best worship team in the country. Um, Caleb has done a phenomenal job in developing his team, and it is amazing. We also have the best group of bearded brothers back in the sound booth, and probably the best elders in the country, too, but, you know, I digress. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ben White. Ben um, if you didn't catch that over all the prayer and stuff, I am one of the pastors serving alongside of you here in Edgerton. We are in week 12 of our series of Who is This Jesus? Last week, Pastor Pete from Neighborhoods came by and he he helped me out and covered me because I was out of town and he talked about how we how Jesus was the one confident in his calling. And I and I want to pause this here and, and take this time to to tell you that, that these characteristics of Jesus are not just for Jesus, right? We are, we are a reflection of the Messiah. We are a reflection of Jesus Christ, made in the image of God, which means all of the, the one who is are statements that can be said about us as we walk confidently in obedience. So today we're, we're talking about how Jesus is an intentional teacher, uh, we're, we're starting out and we're getting into Jesus' parables and, um, if, if you haven't heard or, or understand what parables are, they're, they're these stories with hidden meanings in them, right? So they can be taken at face value, but if you take a parable at face value, you miss the mystery that Jesus puts in there. It's, it's almost like, uh, if you have a spouse that asks you to go look for something, uh, Hannah asked me to look for stuff. Hannah's my wife. Uh, she asked me to look for stuff all the time, right? And and I consistently go to her and tell her I can't find it. And the one question she asked me before she gets up and looks for it and finds it is Did you look with your hands, right? It's a common question. Guys tend to just scan the area. Oh, it's not here. He's like, Dude, you open the fridge, there it is, right? Like, use your hands. And And the same can be true about parables, because when when Jesus starts talking about parables, we're actually going to start in the middle of our passage today at verse 10, Mike. And he says, and when he was alone after he told this parable, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Right? And so what what Jesus is mirroring here is the same passage in Isaiah 6, 9, where he says, and he said to them, God said to Isaiah, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand, and keep on seeing, but do not perceive. And, and the reason that this is, is when, when the prophets were in town, they spoke plainly, plainly? plainly the truth of God. I'm all tongue-tied after that, man. Got me thrown for a loop. They spoke plainly the truths of God, and the people refused to hear them. They refused to repent, they refused to turn, and they refused to acknowledge the ways of God. And so what Jesus is quoting here from Isaiah is he's saying, dude, I'm not just going to give them a free ticket to heaven. They've had that. They have had every chance to listen to to what's been said. And so the purpose that Jesus had with the parables was not to blind the people to what they were supposed to be looking for. Right Jesus knew what they were exact, what, what exactly the point of the parable was, just like Hannah knows the exact place of the condiment that she sent me to go find in the fridge, whether I can find it or not. But he used the parabolic method to make them look again, to do a double take, in hopes of them looking and finding the truth. Jesus wasn't just a great storyteller. He he was an intentional teacher, who spoke spiritual mysteries in tangible ways. Right, and so let's let's dive into this this first parable that he says in in verse one. Jesus and and he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and hundredfold. And he said to he who has ears, let him hear. And if you're just looking at this part and not looking at anything else, when Jesus describes the parable, you think that's a great story. I know jack squat about farming Jesus, but I appreciate it, right? And, and... And, and the reason I say that is, is because if you're not looking for the spiritual truth with the key that Jesus gives, you miss the whole purpose of the parable, right? So without, without the key that we find in verse 13 or 14, he says, the sower sows the word. Without that one sentence, the whole parable It's just a tangible story about how we should farm, right? And so farming back then, they didn't have all the cool, fancy equipment that helped them plant rows, single file, straight lines, right? So they scattered seed by hand. And so what they had was this cool little backpack, satchel, and it had seed, and they would just throw seed, and that's how they would sow their seed, right? And so there were probably a couple different people here that were listening to Jesus' story. And without this key, here's what they might have thought. You see, the farmer would have thought, dude, this guy's telling me that I need to be careful about how I'm sowing my seed. Like, I got to make sure I'm getting it in the rows and not on the path where it's like, and I can't have it on the rocks because then it's not going to grow. And then I've got to tend to my garden because if it gets caught by thorns, I'm not going to have any food. Right? The politician Dude, he's telling me that I need to make a farm education program so that I can teach farmers how to do farming properly, and it's going to help my re-election campaign, right? Newspaper people that were there, they were probably thinking, Dude, there is a giant problem with the bird population here in Jerusalem. So what we need to do is I need to write an article about how to get rid of birds, and that's going to help the farmers succeed. And the salesman might have thought, dude, I got just the right kind of fertilizer for this guy. That farmer guy over there, he is going to love my product, and this is Jesus telling me to go and sell it to him. You see, without the key, it is impossible to understand the parable. So he goes on to say, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones sown along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns, those are you hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and a hundredfold. Without understanding the key, it is impossible to apply the parable. It's a spiritual truth, right? And so in the Bible, the, this mystery of the word or the sower isn't something that we can just figure out. It's like when, when you hear somebody say, oh, Jesus loves you. Great. I got that. It's in my head, right? What do I do with that now? Biblical mystery is something that you would not know unless God revealed it to you. You cannot understand the parable without divine revelation, Right, And so in this case, the disciples' divine revelation was actually Christ himself explaining what the parable actually meant. But Jesus didn't just tell that parable to them. He told it to the crowds, right? So he was throwing seed all over. And he knew where it would land. And he knew who would go searching for it and who wouldn't. In the biblical sense of the idea, you may know exactly what a mystery is. You can understand the mystery of God's love and how he died for you on the cross. Yet it is still a mystery because you have not known it unless God revealed it to you. Until it hits home as a spiritual truth, it's just some guy that died for you because he loved you. What the heck does that mean? And a lot of us might be able to find out which soil we are in this parable. I know this season for me the past 6 months has been one where I feel like I'm just being choked out by everything. Right? I've got jobs to manage, I've got family to manage, I've got a new baby and he's crazy all the time but he's adorable, right? And and I'm trying to figure all that out and balance out budgets and everything and it is exhausting. And it is like at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I don't even have time or the energy to pray, right? And so some of you might be in that, where, in that place, too, where, where you're just being choked. And the thorns are putting pressure on you on different places. But that's the great thing about having the great farmer, is he is able to uproot your plant and take care of you and not get you crushed by all the thorns and put you in the right pasture. And I don't know if there are any new believers in here today, but I want to talk to you, too. Because it is so easy as new believers to get excited for the word, and we're going to go gung-ho, and we're going to go take lives for Jesus. You don't not take lives for Jesus. That sounded bad. Um, go, Go tell people about Jesus, right? And then there's a hiccup or a bump. And your purpose and your vision and everything is being questioned because of that one bump, and you begin to fade. Right? If you are a new believer in the room, get with somebody. Dude, God didn't sow one seed at a time. He literally took handfuls. That's how farmers do it. They sow seed together so people are grouped up around each other. Right, Get with somebody so that you don't become like the plants that have no root and are burnt out. And then for all those of us who have been trying to plant seed on the path, right? I I think of the illustration of the guy taking a chop at a tree, right? And it's a big tree, and it takes a while, so you probably get your buddies around, and all y'all are going to town swinging on this tree. But only one guy gets the chop that makes the tree fall, and all the others get to watch. And so you, you might be sowing this seed on somebody, and you're like, dude, he is not getting it. He's a... Freaking whatever, man. I don't know why he can't understand that Jesus loves him and he can't get it in his head. Don't give up, right? The devil's going to do everything he can, send every bird he can to take that seed off the path. But our job is to keep sowing the seed, right? And we go down to, to verse 33 and 34. I didn't put 33 in the notes. I apologize. But it says, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Right? And, and earlier it says, those around him with the 12, which means there, there's probably more than 12 people that are learning the spiritual truth to these parables. And Jesus didn't just he, share it with the crowd right because excuse me he wants us to search right he wants us to get to that spiritual truth and that insight that only he can give them to discover what it is he's talking about next week we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven right and how how Jesus shared parables of the kingdom of god you can't get that unless you have the spiritual key of what God is talking about. If you miss the key to a parable, you miss the point of a parable. And not just parables, but it's like when you when you tell your kid not to touch a hot stove, right? The idea behind it is that hey, you're going to touch a hot stove and you're going to get burned, right? subconsciously, I believe the principle behind it is I'm trying to teach you obedience, right? I want you to obey me because I love you and I have your best interests at heart. And that's the same principle that Christ is using with the parables. And so as we end today, I'm going to invite Caleb back up. He's going to rock us out. I I want you to think about this. Without the key, the spiritual key that God gives us to unlock these parables, it is impossible to understand the mysteries and apply it to our lives. Without the key, the spiritual revelation, the mystery remains a mystery. And so I want you guys to think about any mystery that you have or any question that you have right now. Maybe it's about God's love. Say, God, I really don't understand your love for me or why you would love me. Maybe it's about your marriage. Like God, what is the point of this marriage? Right When you start asking the questions and double-taking and doing double-takes on just the face value of things, you start to get to the deeper truths. Which leads me to my next point is, are you looking with just your eyes? Or are you willing to use your hands also? Right? If we're taking everything at face value, we're just like the farmer, the politician, the newspaper reporter, and the salesman. That's a great story. Here's how I can physically apply it and better myself. But if we're, we're using our hands and we're using our, our mouths to question and our ears to listen, right? The disciples went and they said, hey, what is the point of this? Says, dude, the seeds of the word. Jesus was intentional about who he shared the mystery with, and in turn, we get to have the same intentionality on who we go and sow to. So let's pray, church. We've done a lot of it, but prayer is always good. God, we. Uh, yeah, we thank you, man. We thank you for for being intentional with us and revealing spiritual truths to us that we would never have known without your revelation. God, we we thank you for everybody here. <laughs> Whether you're new, you're old. You've been coming for two weeks or 20 years. Man, you put everybody here for a reason, Jesus. So we praise you for that. And God, we thank you for the, the blessing that you are going to put on tonight, on summer nights. God, and how great the harvest is here in Edgerton and the seed that you're sowing. Love you and we praise you. Amen.